welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager for Bona Adhesives. And I'm Dr. Rob Johnson from Bona Training. How we doing, Rob? Pretty good. Uh, you, ever, you ever in life, Rob, think that the, somebody's built something completely wrong? Like, like there's, a, a, well, I'll just get right to it. I think electrical panels are completely wrong, the way that they've been built. I've never liked electrical panels. I think they're silly the way they, they've been constructed in homes. I think there's a way better way to do it. And I don't understand how everybody in the world doesn't know that. Go. I know people think that um, I was on mute or anything, but I, I'm telling you, there are some times when we do this show, I have no idea where you're coming from. Why would you this, build it? This is a pretty good one. Why would you build a 20? I think that there is nothing better than an electrical panel. How it distributes, how it takes it in from the house, distributes it correctly, wattage, voltage, everything perfect, 220, and you have a problem with this. If I was the president of the United States, the first thing I would do is I would pass a law that all the electrical panels should be four times the size that they are. Why, why, why do you have to condense everything down to this small little area where you can barely get your hands in? You have all these wires on top of each other and everything. Why not make it three times the size? Tell me why I'm wrong. There's not room. There's no good reason not to have an electrical panel that you can actually get in and operate and have room. It doesn't take up that much room. So you like, you want to walk in electric panel. Oh, that'll take up too much room, but certainly bigger than they are. Three times the size. I'll tell you something else that they make wrong. <laughs> Wait, hey, hold that thought. What have you been doing that you think electrical panels are too small? It's bugged me my whole career. It absolutely has. Uh, every time I had to get in one and manipulate the wires and do all these different stuff in there, I thought, what do you have to make them so small for? But I just don't see that it makes any sense to me. So anyhow. All right. If, in, if anybody has an answer to that, I'd like to know. There is no answer to that. There's got to be an answer to that. It's a, a random thought. Uh, I'll tell you something else I think they make completely wrong is toilet paper dispensers. If you ever been in an airport and the toilet paper dispenser is loud and creaky as the toilet paper is coming out. It's none of that guy's business next to me how much toilet paper I <laughs> That's a highly personal matter. You know what I mean? Why does it have to, why is it so loud uh, as a, you know what I mean? I think they just could have done a better job. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we really like uh, like to thank you for the last three years of listening. <laughs> it's just been it's been a fun ride. It yep. really has. I never thought we'd get past ten episodes, but mm -hmm. this is Robin Wayne signing off. <laughs> Maybe it is. All right. No, I never noticed. Now I will say this about some of the some of the air to airport toilet paper that that sometimes you got to jam your arm up inside of there and fumble around and get it so 
yeah, maybe there could be a, a better way. But man, wait till Eileen hears this one. She this one's definitely not gonna. Or the is, or the, the what kind of sick human being would make toilet paper so thin that they break it every 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 like you know eight inches it breaks, eight inches it breaks, eight inches it breaks. You know what I mean? Come on, spend a little money. All right. God, it's amazing how many times you and I are on the opposite sides. Okay. How can you be on the opposite? Tell me how you can opposite. How, how can you? I, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you exactly. There is a toilet paper that I like very much. Scott. Scott is our go to oh. toilet paper, Scott tissue. In your own home. In my home. Yes. But that's not out in public. Wait, wait, wait. So my son-in-law, Brian, talked to him. He's, he talked about him before. He married Emily, right? When they got married and moved and she moved out, the first thing he said to her was, we're not going to get that cheap toilet paper that your dad uses. We're getting the Charmin, the Quilt, you know, the big time heavy stuff. So I've been accused. Brian listens to the show. You know, I love you, buddy. He did not like my family's toilet paper. And my daughter, Emily, the trader, she went, right, okay, you're the boss now, I guess. So wow. that was it. He can carry okay. his own. Wait a minute. Now, now that we're on this subject, the kids now, not my son, but the two girls, Emily and Rebecca, have bidets. Oh. You can you can buy a bidet and hook it into your existing toilet. Yep. I thought a bidet was like a separate. Well, they used to be. A separate thing. Yeah. So you would use your toilet and then go sit on the bidet. You get up from one and go to the other. Is that how it worked? I don't know. I've never used the. I've never. I've yeah. never used one either. Never. But I was listening to the girls talking about the different things that they have, and the, some of them had blow dryers, and then, and I was like, wow. Well, it makes sense, I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> when when you used to used to in the old days, if you wanted like a a really good stereo, or you wanted the uh, the uh, le the leather seats, or you wanted the uh, the automatic door openers, or all those fancy stuff, you had to buy a Mercedes because you had to buy a luxury car. To get those extra things now they're making them in entry-level cars and mid you know just mid-range cars so it only makes sense that the technology would catch up with that as well let's get on to our subject that i thought that was a subject today no, no today we're going to talk about expert level estimating and um if you google that expert level estimating what you're going to come up with is a bunch of software stuff like better software to help you bid jobs and what have you. And I'm not talking about that type of stuff. I'm talking about the human interaction with the, uh, with your clients. And, um, I, you know, it makes me think sometimes, all right, so if you have a business and, uh, you want to make more money, you want to impress your clients more and what have you, you could either do more custom high-end stuff, you know, spend, spend time doing a lot of you know, custom stuff like that. Or maybe 
the best return on your investment is to really, really, really nail your presentation. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot to be said for that because sometimes we think, oh, well, we're good at what we do. We don't really have to sell ourselves because, you know, we got a good floor company. We know what we're doing and our reputation and whatever. So we don't really have to do that. But what if you had that reputation, but also you really, really, really sold it and upsell, sold your, upselled, upselled, upsell, upsell your business. Upsell. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I think about this a lot because, and I think for some, some people like, uh, like you could join Toastmasters. I've talked about Toastmasters before to really, really learn how to nail your presentation and practice your presentation to the clients and to, to separate yourselves from the competition. And uh, so I thought that might be good, good, uh, good. I'm talking about the salesmanship when I talk about expert level estimating. I'm not talking about, you know, um, any kind of software or what have you. And I'll give you a real quick example. I actually think you were with me. Maybe you were, maybe you weren't, I don't know. We were in a restaurant not too long ago. And as uh, we were done with our meal and the waitress gave us a check, when she brought me the bill, she touched me on the shoulder. Now, we all know that story, right? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, this study says if the waitress is, just does that simple act of touching you, touching on the shoulder, whatever, that they get a better tip. And that's true. I mean, I don't know if it's in my case, I pay everybody the same pretty much. I give everybody the same tip. But, um, you know, it's, it's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a technique. I've never so, heard that one before. Oh, that's absolutely a fact. Yeah, if a waitress or waiter, probably mostly a waitress, <laughs> like now that I think about it, touches you during the interaction, like puts her hand on her shoulder, says, hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Whatever. Just a quick boom that their percentage of tips go up. Did you tip her more? I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty good tipper. I maybe even to a fault, but uh, so I wouldn't, I'm aware of that when it happened because whoever I was with, I said, hey, did you see just what happened? Let me tell you why that happened. Uh, so I was, I'm aware of that. So it doesn't, you know, doesn't really affect you. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But I think that's, that's, you know, maybe psychologically it did. Who knows? So. Why don't we tip fast food people? Why should we? The people at Chick-fil-A are fantastic. Listen, listen you know what? I tip Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' Donut people. They got the cup out there. I uh, a three dollar cup of coffee. I'll throw a dollar in there. Why? And I thought, why? I don't mind tipping. Why don't we tip the fast food guys? They're not making a lot of money. They're still working. They're humping. See, I I have a problem with what happened since I should probably shouldn't even say this. Oh, but, here we go. But um, you know I. I you know, when you buy something, let's say at a, at a donut store, it doesn't even have to be a chain donut, but a donut store. And, and uh, they say, okay, it's 1865 or whatever. And then they turn the screen around to you to put your card in. And it says 15%, 18%, or 20%. That's, I don't like that. Yeah, I, I don't. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm a good tipper. I'm a generous guy. But I, you know, I have a problem with that. So when you say we tip the fast food guy or whatever. I don't know, man. I don't even, I probably shouldn't even talk about it, but uh, that's the way I feel about it. I like having dollars all the time. I tip the car wash guy. I, t I 
I like tipping. Well, I like tipping and too. And I don't understand why we don't tip, like especially the people that like Chick Fil A. I know it sounds like I'm doing a Chick Fil A commercial, but my God, if they're not the most friendly damn people you've ever met in your life, holy crap! Yeah, they they are, and I think they get. I think you get more than most fast food places do. I think Chick Fil A people. Not that that matters at all, but anyhow, here's how good they are. I went to a Chick Fil A in Philadelphia, Philly. And I could not believe, I was like, they must have, nothing against you Philly people, but they must have brought these people up from the South or something, but I know they were Philly people. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yep. And I love you Philly guys, you know that, but you did throw snowballs at Santa. I was just going to say the uh, same thing. That's always going to be there, okay? Yeah. Yeah. It's always going to be there. Yeah, it's hard to live that one down. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to throw right. snowballs at me the next time I'm around Philly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say something else about this, too. And I just wrote down my notes that I had. Is that one of them is don't chase every job. Uh, some jobs you don't want. And kind of learn what your niche is. I, I, I'll, and I'll tell you one of my downfalls, and I know this about myself, is that I'm, I'm, my soft spot is old people, right? And I think back how many how many jobs I went on to bid that were they were old folks. I knew that going into it. And I also knew they probably weren't going to be my customer. Pretty good chance they weren't going to be my customer. And um, rather than just, you know, that's my valuable time. You know what I mean? Uh, so, you know, uh, chasing jobs that may not be in our niche, whatever. I, I think if we can start eliminating, especially now in the, the economic times that we're living in now. And by the way, if inflation just went up the highest it's been in 40 years. So if that doesn't tell you to raise your prices, we got to raise the prices. Um, but um, now, now is a perfect time to raise your prices too. Yeah. No, nobody's going to hold anything against you. My yeah. gosh, gas is gas is up sixty percent in one year. You got to raise your price. You have how to much raise your price. gas yeah. does a four man use? Forget yeah. about it. Well, there's another thing when you take into consideration your estimates, free estimates. And um, that your time and money and cost just going out to these estimates, it's a lot. That has always bugged me. For the long, I kept telling Bone when he was contract, charge for an estimate. Yeah. Charge 50 or 100 bucks for an estimate. See what happens. Everybody says free estimates. Yeah. I want to know what would happen if somebody, if there's anybody out there charging for an estimate, please tell us. I want to know how that works for you. Yeah, I think that can go. I think that could go really good for a guy, personally. I, I think uh, like some people will say, all right, well, we charge you fifty dollars or hundred dollars for the estimate, but if we get the job, we take that off of the job. Yeah, it's, it seems fair to me. Have you met somebody? I mean, all the classes I've done, I've never had. I can't remember talking to anybody. Maybe I did, but I, I'd love to know if there's some guys out there charging for it, and how it's working for them. Uh, I don't, you really don't see it in this industry so much, but I do see it in other, other trades industries, by the way, too. Now I could see that definitely take, you know, if I charge you a hundred dollars to come out, do everything and then take it off the bill. Absolutely. Here's your estimate. And if you go with yeah. me, I, you know, knock that hundred off. Yeah. But I think I would always, I think I would want that in cash too. hundred dollars cash when I show up. Yeah, you never want to ask for that. Little, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I think also, so the pro premise, my whole thing about this is that if you can get better at your salesmanship at the time of the job, if you really, really, I mean, you've all been, we've all been around great, great salespeople that, that are, you know, and I don't care what walk of life, but uh, like, holy smokes, like you want to do business with this guy. Uh, that I think is super important because just that simple thing you do, that one thing can make a difference of, you know, 10% or 15% more at the end of the year. That's a major, major difference. And I, I think we get into the trap and I include myself in this is that thinking, oh, you know, I don't really need to sell. I know what I'm doing. They know what I'm doing. So I don't really need to sell myself. Oh, no. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a mistake. Uh, you know, um, I remember some, you know, I had really great talks with my grandfather, you know, um, spent a lot of time with him. And sad part is I spent even more time with him after my grandmother died. You know, he was living alone. So uh, I was going out and spending some, so, but you know, there were some little things that he said that have just, just stuck with me, you know, just these little, one of them was, I always used to laugh because he almost sing it was in by the bundle and out by the bag, you know, that I always thought was a, a funny one. You know, I don't know if he invented it or whatever, but he said, that's a floor man's life in by the bundle out by the bag. Yeah. But another one that he always said to me was Robbie craftsmen don't make any money. Salesmen do. And, you know, floor guys have to be both. You know, a lot of guys who own their own business are out doing the estimate. You know, just like you were saying, they, they're so good at their craft, but you got to sell that. Yeah. 100%. You know, you have to sell that because even though you know it. Yeah. You know, yeah, it might be a referral and everything, but you have to really sell the hell out of that, you know. The other thing about the estimate, it's our one shot to get in there and break the bank. You got really one shot, not a lot of add-ons with what we do. You know, we go in and once that price is set, there's really not too much going to happen after, you know. So you have one shot to get in there and make a difference. When you were a kid visiting your grandfather like that, did you ever rifle through his pockets? Or was he not old enough at that point? No. Okay, just curious. No, Sorry, never. Everybody. Okay. Never. Uh, never. When you say it's your one time to break the bank, that's not, don't take that as a negative because, uh, you know, um, you're adding value. You know what I mean? And if you are separated, that's why I say also, don't be afraid to show off your qualifications when you're writing a proposal and you're, you're talking to the clients. I really think that's important. I mean, you know, listen, that stuff comes hard, man. Uh, these jobs that you've done, these things that you've done, these procedures that you do, there's a lot of hard work in that. And I think you have got to get that story across and uh, to separate yourself, especially when they start talking about price. You know what I mean? I mean, I think you really have to say, listen, man, I mean, well, not listen, man, but you have to go into that story of why you're the, you're the person. You're the only person they should hire. And that they'll, they'll, after you live there, they'll dig a little deeper in their pockets and they'll pay because they recognize its value that you're selling. And I, I, I'm really a believer. I used to think that, oh, if we do more custom high-end work, we'll make more money and stuff. 
part of that story is true. But part of the story is, you know what? Maybe you didn't have to do all that if you could, because you're going to do this, you're going to do the same job regardless, right? I mean, most floor guys I know don't have a A, B, and C type of floor. You're going to go in there, whether you're getting 250 a foot or you're getting seven bucks a foot, you're going to go in there and do the same, same thing. <laughs> we can't help ourselves. Isn't that the craziest thing? Yeah, absolutely. A craftsman can't help himself. He's going to go in there and he's going to give it his best and whatever, because he's not trying to satisfy you, the homeowner. He's trying to satisfy him or her. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, I, I think you really have to, to, to sell that, man. And I, I think sometimes, and I, like I said, I'm as guilty as anybody. Uh, so I think that's important. I wanted to write when, back when we were doing stuff in the phone book and everything, one year I told Pete, I go, you know, how about this for the ad too? Uh, if you're looking for the high or for the lowest price, don't call us. Yeah. And Pete's like, man, that's kind of negative. You know, <laughs> he goes, I don't know if you want to go there. You know, I said, yeah, but I really feel that way. You know, I, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that guy, you know? Yeah. And I said, we're really not that guy. It's just you and I. So we don't, we don't have to be the lowest if it's just you and I, we don't, you know, there are times where you gotta, you know, if you got, four or five, six crews. Yeah. You got to be out there. You can't have four or five, six crews all doing high end stuff. You got to get out there, pay bills, things like that. You know, I get that, but I always wanted to say that too. If you're looking for the lowest price, I'm, you know, that's, I'm not your guy. Cause I, like you said, I remember going and looking at jobs sometime and remember this one guy, he had like 40 apartments and they were all for college kids, you know, rentals that kind of thing. And he's like, I just need a, you know, quickies, you know, quick jobs, you know, kind of, and I, you know, I remember thinking about it that night. I'm like, I don't, I, what, what, what step am I going to cut out? Yeah. You yes. Know? yes. I'm yes. not going to 50 it. I'm going to jump from 36 to 80 and two coats of poly and not buff. I can't, you and know, let's, let me tell you something. If there's one thing I know is the minute you cut out that step, you're going to get called on it. <laughs> all that discussion about prices will go away now they see what they see uh so i think that's that that that's super important and i like i said there four guys can't we can't help ourselves we're going to do what we're going to do uh so you have to charge for it and i think there's things you have to you have to prepare yourself for is the question about price if 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 you stumble when someone says hey well this guy's you know he's a dollar square foot uh, cheaper than you if you stumble on the a response to that, then I think you need to work on your presentation more. That should be, you should know it's coming and you should be able to, that, listen, I expect we are, and honestly, I'm, uh, I'm surprised it's only a dollar because here's what you get for that dollar. And boom, 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 boom. Um, or the, I think the next thing you have to be ready for is, uh, is uh, a, can you do any better on the price? Can you give us a discount or whatever? I think you, that, that has to be automatic to you because you have to show confidence. And I'm not saying these are ploys. They should, they're not ploys. You, you know what I mean? Because you deserve that and you're adding value and you're adding quality. But sometimes we, and I put myself in that, in that same boat. I've been there many times when I left that thinking, hmm, I left money on the table on this one or I didn't have, a, I, I know I'm better than, I know I will kill this job for this guy. I have no doubt. But I don't know if it came across to him that that's going to be the case. And even if I am good and I know I'm good or whatever, and, and I know this guy is going to get everything I got. Well, he understand that out of that interaction that we just had. 
And oftentimes, no. You know what I mean? So I think that that can set you apart from a whole lot of people. And um, I think for a long time, I was kind of uh, almost arrogant about it, that I knew I was, I was, I was good. And I, I, you know, I put that in my mind. I, I, I could, no, no part of this job scares me. I could, I'm going to kill this job. But I know that I didn't get that across to the other guy. That, that, you know what I mean? There was nothing that, that really separated me from, from the other guy that maybe bid in that job. I, and I said, don't get me wrong. I said the usual stuff. We use quality products. We blah, blah, blah. We do this. And every four guys that come in there and bid that same job said the same damn thing as I did. So what is going to separate you from those other guys? And I remember uh, to this day, I remember my father-in-law saying, asking me those same questions. Why would I hire you? I'm sitting across from him in a cafe. He's not in this business. He don't know nothing about floors, never did floors. And when he said, why would I hire you? And he took, he took me by surprise. He was my father-in-law. And he wasn't, he wasn't having me do a floor. He just asked me as a business owner, why would I hire you? And um, I said, well, yeah, we, 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 use, we use great products and we're good at what we do. He goes, okay, you're boring me. Why, why would I hire you? And I said, well, we do. We use it. He goes, yeah, well, everybody uses good products. So tell me why I would hire you. I said, well, we have insurance and blah, blah, blah. He goes, yeah, everybody's got insurance. And then I was mad at him, like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> you know? Right. Finally, he goes, listen, you're just a number. If you can't tell me why I should hire you, then, then, then I'm looking at the price. And as he, bam, I was like blown away by that. And it was a great lesson for me, personally, for me, that was a great lesson. So, you know, um, I had a guy say that to me back when I was in sport, um, Brunswick, New Jersey school system, huge school system. And it was bonus sport and we were up against Hillier, you know, and I'm sitting across from two of the major guys from the school system and one that was head of building in the ground. So, and I had another guy with me who was the distributor, you know, and we're going back and forth and, and they're like Hilliard's, uh, you know, Hilliard's product has this and, and our product has this and it's going, you know, and the guy looks right at me. The head guy looks right at me. I can't believe you just said that. He looks right at me and he goes, well, you both got great products. Why should I hire you? You know, why your stuff over Hilliard? I said, because Hilliard doesn't have me. Mm -hmm. There's no Rob Johnson at Hilliard. I'm going to come in here and train every one of your guys. We're going to, your floors will never look better ever. Because mm -hmm. Hilliard doesn't have a guy like me out there. The guy laughed his ass off. We got mm -hmm. the job. Um, and when I'm walking out with the, the sales guy from the distributor, He's like, holy crap, that was awesome. I go, yeah, isn't it? Once in a while, it feels good, doesn't it? You get a really good, solid win. And when you said, why should I hire you? Because, because you're not hiring my company. You're hiring me. I'm, I'm the one who's going to be doing these floors. Interesting point that you just said right there. And that can be a trap to growing because... There's that one book I read, I, God, I can't remember it. I've talked about it before in here, but I, I um, when you become the guy at the company that they know that Rob's gonna come and do my floors and you gotta talk to Rob, he's gonna be the one doing your floors and Rob's the guy, Rob, 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 Rob. How can you grow? 
because they're always expecting Rob and you might be sending Mike out to the job or Brian or Bill. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's a, that in itself can cause another creative, uh, another like uh, almost a trap or a Pandora's box. So you, yeah, that were, it's almost smart to take yourself out of the equation sometimes. If you're not doing the work and doing the estimating that, that, and, and focus on the guys. And uh, I think somebody, I've seen people do this before. It's really neat where they say, look, here's my guys. I want to show you, here's a bio on it, every one of them. Here's, here's Brian. He has a, he's married. He's a baseball coach. He's got two kids. His hobbies is hiking. Show that he's a member of the community and stuff. So, um, and then we'll go quick. Good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, we're kind of running out of time. So I just want to touch on this one too. Is uh, This is right down your alley. Um, you know, everybody's faced with a labor shortage. It's hard to get guys and what have you. So when I hear it to me that I'm, uh, this is February now, that we're booked out to, uh, to, to August. It's okay to lose jobs, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and hold your price. I'd rather lose jobs and hold my price and be booked out a month and a half than booked out, booked out three months. So, and believe me, and, and for our listeners, this is only my opinion. This is only Rob's opinion, and we certainly respect and there's a lot of different ways of thinking about business that way more successful people than us, certainly more than Rob, will, will, will be able to say. And not but, all of us can be national adhesive uh, salesman, uh, uh, national adhesive manager. But you know another thing about the professional estimate? You, like I was saying before, you got one shot, okay? I think one of the best things I saw Bum do, even on his business card, on the back of his business card, he had a picture of his VAC system, mm -hmm. okay? And it wasn't that, and I work with him a lot on teaching him the trade, but I worked a lot more on with him on the estimate, the sale, the sale, you know, we only know how to do floors one way, especially him. He's, he's crazy the other way. You know what I mean? He is, he's like you very meticulous. So that's the easy part for him. Now you gotta, you gotta try and sell that. So I said, you need to be really specific with everything too. Not just like, yeah, I use traffic, you know, so I use Traffic HD. It's also Green Guard Gold certified certification. Yes, I have, I have a you know DCS VAC system, Bona DCS VAC system, but it's the one with the dual HEPA filters. You know, once you really start, yeah, I, yeah, I'm going to do your stairs. I use an anti-slip tread coating specifically for stairs. Really start to let people know what you're doing. And, you know, I hate to say this sometimes, but now when somebody else comes in and they're not talking about, geez, my vacuum system has dual HEPA filters, now people are almost scared. Like, why don't you have HEPA filters? Mm -hmm. What do you mean you're not using an anti-slip on my stair trays? Oh, you want me to slip and kill myself? What, you know? Yeah. yeah. So when you get a little bit more specific, and I know we've said it, a million times about the green guard and the green guard certification and green guard gold and everything. But boy, if you're not just pounding away on that in your estimate, you're, you're just leaving money on the table. You know, the uh, green guard gold, that certificate used to be called the, the safe for children, schools and hospitals. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, if you're not telling that story, I mean, there's no other adhesive in the entire industry that has that. 
and you know zero VOCs and you know safe for the, I mean if it's safe if that's the highest certification you can get right so you right. gotta you gotta be selling that story you, you also the other thing about making more money and this is a little bit more a little bit different than the uh, estimating but if you are more productive at your job and it allows you to take a you know a couple more jobs a year because you're able to your process got you faster and that you get through something you know if ha people that haven't used mega one that if you're an oil-based guy and say oh I'm, I, I don't know I'm, I'm worried about putting water base down holy smokes mega one is is super easy to put down man super easy and if it saves you a day on a job and you got 52 weeks in a year i mean if you look at the the, the return on investment for that and by the way, you can get to any of our regional training centers and have a bona guy go over with you. You can practice and screw up any of our panels you want. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's like the for floor guys, you know, you're not going to learn a, some, something in this craft that makes you like, holy smokes, that blew my mind. I had no idea. Some It's usually one small thing that you put in the toolbox that could help you on a job down the road. Then you pick up another small little tip and another, and in your mind, you have this thing, you know, craftsmen, really good guys have this, have these tools that they, that they can pull out in any job that saves them money. But it's the same thing on the estimating. You know what I mean? And, and if you get better at that, that helps you with that. You're using tools. You're using a product that gets you one more day a week that saves you from going out to the job site. Uh, it, it, man, I think, and look, Rob and I are, are, are the, you know, we're not kids. Uh, we're in that part of our career <laughs> where we've learned every every hard way between us. I think we got 70 years, just at least 50, 64 is just doing years just doing floors. Not, not talking about the sales part of this. So we're we speak from experience and and a lot of mistakes that we made throughout the years. And hope we all only hope that it helps another brother, another sister, another craftsman in this industry that might make their day a little bit easier might make them make a little bit more money, might make their life, hopefully that's that's what we get out of this. I mean, that, that maybe it'll help someone down the road. So that's it. Okay, Rob, I appreciate everything, uh, all your input and everything, all your knowledge. And uh, for our listeners, thank you very much. We know you could be doing a lot of other things right now and probably wish you were, but uh, we appreciate you being with us. You kidding? Most of the guys listening to this are just running a drum right now. They're on the drum or they're on a buffer. That's what they're doing. Or coat. All right. Well, thank you so much. And please do stay tuned for another episode. <laughs>